everyone. I'm Jenny. For those who haven't met me, I'm one of the pastors here. It is awesome to have you at Encounter. Um, it is so fun to be back in 2019. I feel like that year went so fast. Like a lot happened, like a lot happened in 2018. But it was a good year. And as we started this year, I actually um, was at some mate's house and Mike was sick, so he had gone to bed. And um, the wife of, of the other guy that we were with had gone to bed because he was sick. And so one of the guys and I were just hanging out and chatting till about 10 to 12. And I said, oh, I'm just going to go outside and watch the fireworks, and he's like, I'm just going to play some games on my computer. So he saw, in the, he saw in the new year playing games on his computer. And I actually sat outside and just actually prayed in the new year. And it was beautiful just to know that God has everything in his control. And just to watch those fireworks go and just to see in the new year and know that, do you know what? Even though I don't know what 2019 is going to look like, God has it in the palm of his hands. And it was just exciting. And I just can feel it's going to be a great year. I can feel it in my bones. There's something about it that's just going to be awesome. So I look forward to preaching again towards the end of the year and talking about how amazing 2019 was and all the things that God did. And sometimes even the bad things can be uh, God uses for his glory. And so they can be good too. Um, so we, we're going to start off this year with a little bit of a mini-series, which is going to be a bit of fun, called At The Movies, as you can see up here. Um, and we're, we're spending the first three weeks of this, uh, of this month going through three different films. And they'll all be films that you've either seen or you've heard of at least. Um, and I promise there won't be any spoilers. So if you haven't seen A Star Is Born, which is what I'm, I'm preaching on today, I won't won't spoil it, it's okay. But I would really recommend you going out and seeing it, because it's a brilliant film. I actually bawled like a baby in the cinemas, like not like nice, like little tears, like sobbing. Like honestly, I'm so glad that like it was dark and nobody could see me. But anyway, it's really good. Definitely good. I recommend going to see it. Um, and, my, and then on the, on the fourth week of this, we're actually going to head to the park, Helen's Park up here. And we're going to have a barbecue and it's going to be an awesome time to bring your friends and get to know more people. So keep an eye on social media uh, and we'll let you know about that. But that's the long weekend. We'll be, we'll be um, heading out there. So if you don't know, um, my job over the last 10 years before, I, before we launched a church and I became a pastor um, was actually I worked in the media industry, in the film industry. And yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've been really privileged to work on some really large American um, blockbuster films and um, I've worked on some amazing Australian um, big name films and I've worked on some absolutely terrible B-grade films. Um, you can check my IMDb and you'll see some of them on there. Um, IMDb, do you know what IMDb is, Mike? It's a website where all of us, on our, for those who don't, it's a website that you can go and you can see, essentially it's kind of like uh, CV online, so um, has all the jobs that everyone does and who actors in what and whatever else. Anyway, um, I don't actually talk much about the film industry, so you may not have actually, you may not know that or may not know much about it, um, but you will, if you know of some of the things that I've worked on, it's simply because I have a doting husband who adores me and my job and loves to share with everyone. So if you haven't, um, I just want to let you know a little bit, I guess, a little bit about what I've done. Um, so I've actually started working off on some smaller films, uh, with one with Natalie Imbruglia in it, for those of you who are over the age of about 30. Um, <laughs> I've worked on music video clips with people like... Uh, um, Ben Folds and Hilltop Hoods. I've been privileged to um, meet some of these guys on set, or actually all of them on set, um, uh, or in the office. And then I moved into the visual effects world, where I had the privilege of working on some really quite large films, like Where the Wild Things Are, and even one of the Harry Potter films, which Alicia loves. I'm pretty sure that's why she joined Encounter. Um, <laughs> 
Um, I won't tell you which Harry Potter it was, though, because it was like the worst one, I think, anyway. But we sat through the whole thing just so we could see the credits, and we watched the credits go up, and my name was not in there. And so I rang my um, other assistant, my editor that I I worked for, and I said, my name wasn't on there. And the reason it wasn't is because I worked on 90% of it, and then the last last two weeks of the film, I went on maternity leave and had a baby, and someone else got the credits. So anyway... It's all right, we're being humble today. It's okay. It's all good. I'm still allowed to put it on my, um, my resume, so it's okay. Anyway, so over the years, I have um, I had the privilege of me- meeting some really famous people. It's been a lot of fun at times. Um, and I'm going to name drop some of them, but only, not because I want to, but because it's good for the sermon, okay? So I'm just going to tell you some of them. I've met people like, like I said, Natalie Imbruglia, Ben Folds, Hilltop Hoods. I've met Dev Patel from Slumdog Millionaire. Um, I've met the dreamy Army Hammer. Uh, you know, from, anyway, John, uh, John Jarrett, who, by the way, I worked on Wolf Creek series and films, and is particularly the most loveliest guy in the world. So if you've seen the films, you will not think he's lovely, but he is, he's amazing. Um, I've met Megan Washington, I've met Tim Rogers, although I didn't actually know who he was when I met him, um, and I've met Teresa Palmer and probably others that I, I can't remember. I've also met some amazing directors like Scott Hicks and Greg McLean, who have made some brilliant films. I've been really blessed. Um, now that I've done that, now that I've name dropped for you, I will tell you that I don't actually care about famous people. It's not actually, wait, I don't not care about them. Like, I care about them as a person, but I don't care about how they're famous. Like, it just doesn't, I don't know, something about it doesn't affect me. It doesn't really bother me. And uh, one of my favorite, one of Mike's favorite stories, should I say, about this, can I have my water bottle, honey? Thanks. Um, was, he came up to me one day, and I came home from a film, and he said, is there anyone um, that, fa- that's famous in the film? And I said, no, I don't think so. I said, is Kevin Bacon famous? <laughs> and he said, he is so famous. There is literally a game about how famous he is called the six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. And so I think because I've worked on a film with him, uh, that you guys are now like two degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. So you're welcome. <laughs> so for me, the film world is an amazing creative place. But it's also one of 14-hour days and lots of yelling and, and lots of grumpy people, unfortunately, and tired workers. It's one of flashing lights and lots of cameras. It's full of actors who think that they're all that and also actors that are super humble and will ask to wash your plate after lunch. It's not a glamorous onset. It's not glamorous onset. And also... The industry, it's kind of known as a party industry, but it's a very hard-working industry. And it's definitely not glamour like you would have to believe. When you watch a film like that and you just think, oh my gosh, that would be amazing to be on set. It is amazing, but it's really hard work. Um, And so tonight and over the next three weeks, I said we're going to look at some of these films. And we're going to look at them and find out where we can see Jesus in them. Because I think that even in this media industry that tells you that you know, there's no God and all that kind of stuff, Jesus is present in everything. And he is present in the film industry. And I have been blessed to, and privileged to um, hear that and see that for myself. So I'm going to tell you about the movie, but I'm not going to give you any spoilers, okay? I've already promised you that. I will, I'm pretty sure I won't. I'll do my best. Okay, so let me just tell you about the film in case you haven't seen it. This is from, um, this is from Wiki, so you can get it off there, but I just, it's a really good summary. Seasoned musician Jackson Maine discovers and falls in love with struggling artist Ali, which is played by Lady Gaga. She is just about given up on her dream to make it big as a singer until Jack coaxes her into the spotlight. 
But even as Ali's career takes off, the personal side of her relationship is breaking down as Jack fights an ongoing battle with his internal demons. One of the beautiful things you see in this film is how much he loves her and how much she loves him, but they are so caught up in their own worlds that they don't know how to simply be themselves and heal together. It's a tragic story, and unfortunately, a tragic story that we read in the magazines all the time about famous people. One thing that everyone knows about fame is that it comes with a price, right? We look at famous people and we know that you know, their lives, while they might have some fantastic things, we see all that goes on in their lives. When people know you, there is nowhere to be hide. You are plastered all over the internet and all over social media. And even though despite that, we, do you know there are 75% of kids want to have a career in YouTube or vlogging? 75%. Most kids want to be famous. I think it's partly because it looks so glamorous. And it, for, for kids, we think it's a sure way to get rich. But I can tell you there are a lot of struggling actors out there. It's not either 1%, seriously. Um, even my 10-year-old asked to start a YouTube channel. She's desperate to start a YouTube channel. I've been holding her off for a while. I'm also not sure what she's going to do a YouTube channel about. Like, every now and again, she talks about cooking or, like, she, I don't think she can really cook. She's okay. She can make some stuff. She can find something on the internet. Um, maybe she'll unpack, you know, unpacked. Have any, anyone, there are parents here, right, that have seen this? There are literally channels about how kids unwrap toys. Like, not even play with the toys. Just unwrap them and show you what's inside of them. And those kids are making millions of dollars by unwrapping toys. Maybe I should get on. Maybe I should give her a YouTube channel. Okay, anyway, back to it, sorry. <laughs> In the movie, we see a girl who simply wants to be famous. And a guy who is famous but is paying for it. Ali starts out as someone who has a message that she wants everyone to hear. And Jack actually falls in love with it because of that. And she allows the message, though, slowly to change. And she allows the world to shape what her message actually becomes. And she kind of loses the message that she already had. And for me, I thought about it, I thought that actually sounds like Christianity sometimes. We allow other people to shape the message of Jesus or to water down and put words into Jesus' mouth rather than allowing Jesus' message to shape us and to shape our world. Fame wants, us, wants everything to be public. It's all about my needs. Let me show you all about me. And I can tell you in my industry that is very true. It is all about us. And the scripture that we read before, that Alicia read beautifully to us, thank you, um, we hear that actually... God talks about our private life with him and, how even, and we hear about how that's even more important than our public life. And so I want to just have a quick read again through the start of that. I'm just going to have a look at the scripture there. It says in verse 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now Jesus is there. He's teaching a crowd of people. And this is directly Jesus' word. We don't have it in red up there because it would be extremely hard to read. But in most of your Bibles, it'll come up in red because this is actually Jesus speaking. Now, I hear what Jesus is saying, right? He's saying what we do in front of YouTube and in front of Insta or, you know, 
Facebook or whatever, that, that doesn't matter as much as what we do in private. But I'm not sure if Jesus lives in 2019 because if it didn't happen on Instagram, did it even happen? Like, you know that's true, right? <laughs> but seriously, though, why is Jesus saying that we should be doing our charity work in secret? And what does it mean for your left hand not to know what your right hand is doing? That seemed a bit weird to me. Now, I don't think Jesus was actually saying that we shouldn't talk about what we're giving or what we're doing necessarily, because sometimes those stories of people giving is actually really helpful. But it's about the intent, the intent behind it. What is your intent behind giving? When you give anonymously to something, we're not even letting ourselves be found out. So essentially, if, we, if you give something anonymously, anonymously, I can't say the word, it, nobody knows who gave it, right? So it's kind of like saying your left hand doesn't even know what your right hand is doing. And I think the question I had is, is do we always have to hide it? What about, what about when he talks about prayer, right? Like we just prayed out loud. It says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. This is verse 5. And on the street corners to, see, to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So again, I don't think Jesus is saying that we can't pray publicly. He did that. He's in Scripture praying publicly. So he's not saying you're not allowed to pray publicly. And I think it's helpful sometimes. But the majority of our prayers should be done in private because it's about your relationship with him. I guess the question is, are you praying so people can hear your voice or so God can hear it? Again, it's about the intent behind it. Are we seeking God's glory or are we seeking our own? And we must trust God with our giving. We heard about that in the, in the later in the scripture as well. We must watch the intent of our heart and make sure we are in a place of generosity. Here at Encounter, one of our values is generosity. And I was blown away to know that actually a small church in Little Prospect here gave over $400 to feed the hungry over Christmas. Like, that's amazing. It deserves a cheer, guys. I was, I was honestly super impressed. And you know what? We actually don't know who gave that money. It came in buckets. We have no idea. But people did it out of a, a, a generous heart, a wanting to make the world a better place and for more people to know Jesus. And we must give out of a desire to do good for others and to glorify God in the process. And I think that's what we did over Christmas. And I believe that if Jesus, what Jesus is saying here is that if you're helping the poor, for the right reason. Do you know what? You actually probably won't even think about posting on Instagram or social media or whatever you, wherever you, or bragging about it to your friends about what you did. Because when you're doing it for the right reasons, you're doing it to serve God. You're doing it so that his glory is made known. I think he's really addressing the people that their hearts are in the wrong place here. Um, there's actually a lady in another state who tithes to our church regularly. So tithing means just to give regularly. Um, 
She tithes to our church regularly. I have had no communication with her. I do not know her. I know the name that goes in because I do the finances. Um, I know the name that goes in and I know that the, the postcode of the bank is in, is, is in another state. But I have no idea who she is. She has never been in contact with us. She has never said, I'm giving to your church. God's told me whatever. And it's been happening for a few months. It's quite regular. And I was blown away. That is a heart that truly wants to serve God and not man. Fame is not her goal, but to please the Lord is. One of the biggest takeaways from the film is that, is that fame, it seems so good on the outside, right? It looks amazing on the outside, but it is so dark on the inside. It feels like getting applause from others will satisfy you. But the truth is, it doesn't. It doesn't satisfy us. And for those of us who have been in the industry for 10 years, we know that to be true. We see that. Even those that have been in the industry for just a couple of years come out and understand how how dark sometimes it is. As I was praying about this sermon, I really felt God say to me, I want my people in 2009 to crave a relationship with me above all else. A relationship with God is one where you long for his approval above others. It'll give you purpose, it'll give you hope, and it'll give you that peace that you've been longing for. Many of you, you have been longing for that. You've been seeking for that peace and that hope and that purpose, but you've been trying to find it in other things. And when you live for yourself or others, it falls short. And like I said, it will last a little while. But only approval from God will truly satisfy you. My question to start 2019 is this. Who knows you better, God or the world around you? Now, I know what you're going to say. God knows every hair on your head and he knows everything that you've done and all that kind of stuff. Yes, but I, that's not the point. God wants more than that. He actually wants a relationship with you. He doesn't just want to know you. He wants you to know him. He desperately wants to hear your voice call to him in prayer and spend time with you in the word. But we must stop and listen to him. We must take that time. He wants a thing called intimacy with you. In 2019, this is actually my only goal for the year. Um, Or that and eat less sugar, which I've already found out. So, you know. For my biggest, I just woke up yesterday and had a Coke, and I was like, Jen, you're not having sugar. So anyway, I'll start again tomorrow. But my biggest goal for 2019 is to be more intimate with Jesus. And I'd encourage you to seek that as well. What if you made a plan to become more intimate with God at the start of this year through your prayer life? What if you spend more dedicated time in prayer? What if you turned off Wi-Fi and data on your phone so you're not distracted and listen to God and let him talk to you? What if you found time to fast regularly? Later on in the year, we're going to fast as a church. Some of you did it last year with us. And we'll explain more about what fasting is and all that kind of thing as we go along. But essentially, fasting isn't a magic bullet, but it does create a space for God to move and move mountains in your life. It's just when we give up something for God. When someone comes up to me and they say, I need a breakthrough in this. I'm really struggling in this area. The first thing I will say to them is, have you prayed and fasted about it? That's my first thing. What if you decided to give away more? What if you decided to give away more this year? And to do it in secret? How's that? Not for the approval of anyone, 
but for the approval of God. Why would we do this? Because we need intimacy from God, not approval from those around you. You're all old enough to know that it won't satisfy you for long. This is what God wants for your life. This is what you need in your life. This movie has a cracker of an ending. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But I will say this. Being known by, the, by everyone in the world will bring you happiness for a short time. And you know what? When you get that tick of approval from your boss, when you get that pay rise, when you get that friend saying something awesome to you, it's an awesome feeling. But it will not last. There will be another pay rise you want, another boss to impress. The only security you can have in life is knowing that Jesus loves you and wants to speak to you. He wants to bless you and he wants to change you. He wants to bring you peace and he wants to bring you joy and he wants to see you changed for, for his glory. Not for yours, but for his glory. Christine Kane, a really famous evangelist. Um, I have to say famous because she's quite humble, but Christine Kane walked off the stage once after preaching a cracker of a message and this directly came from her, her mouth and she had cheers all around and people were just going, yes, that was amazing, which is what I expect from you guys. No, I'm joking. Don't, please don't do that. You'll hear why. Um, and she walked off and, and Joyce Meyer, who you may have heard, is her mentor and she walked off stage and Joyce looked at her and she said, I hope you did something nice for someone in the elevator because that's all the praise you're going to get for that sermon. Now, she wasn't being mean she was just saying what we do in secret matters more than what we do up here on stage. I don't care if you have the best voice in the world or you can play guitar like Matt Vaughan. Unless you worship Jesus off stage more than you do on stage, you will never have that deep relationship with Jesus that will sustain you and that will fill you. And some of you here are thinking, I have no desire to be on stage and I have no desire to be famous, so this doesn't apply to me. Well, I'm sorry, but it does. Well, I think it does. The reason I told you about the media industry I worked in is simply because I wanted you to understand that I've seen fame. And I've seen a very sad and overworked people because they're desperate to be the best. And you don't have to be in the media industry to want to be the best in your industry. And to seek excellence is not necessarily a bad thing, but to seek excellence for the, from the praises of others will get you nowhere. And so it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, or you're training to be a teacher, you you know, you are an engineer. It doesn't matter what job you have. You need to be looking for the praises of God, not for looking for the praises of people. When you try and please your spouse more or your boyfriend more than you do to God, you're putting something before God. And we need to want the praises of God over the praises of people. Scripture, two says, uh, scripture says in 2 Chronicles, If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. In 2019, we are going to have a time of fasting and praying, like I said, and there will be times when we pray together as a corporate, as a church. We'll gather together and we'll worship and we'll pray. But can I encourage you, the best thing you can do is when you get home tonight, spend a few minutes praising the Lord. Spend a few minutes in prayer. If you're coming down the beach with us later, and I encourage you to, it's going to be fun. You know, if you don't have kids to look after like I do, chat, you know, you go chase. Go for a walk on the beach. Pray to God. Spend some time with the Lord and allow him to fill you. When we worship in a minute, 
I encourage you to let yourself worship, to pray and seek the face of God. We call this, car, this church Encounter Church because we believe that we call this church Encounter Church because we believe that everyone needs to have an encounter with Jesus. Today and right now. But you also need to have an encounter with Jesus that will sustain you every day outside these walls. The world, fame, people knowing you, your friends, your spouse, your boyfriends, your husbands, whatever it is, they will not sustain you. Only an encounter with Jesus will do that and a relationship with him. Fame lasts a moment when we decide to put aside the need to be seen when we stop living to please everyone else but God. It's the only time you will truly know freedom and know what it means to be unconditionally loved. Isn't that what we crave? When we crave people to know our names or to see us, we crave to be loved. Well, can I tell you, friends, today, you are unconditionally loved by the Saviour of this world. All you have is his and all you are is because of him. Seek first his face and all these things will be given unto you. Seek first his face. In 2019, I pray that we choose to seek first his face and allow everything else to come after that. I remember an old song and the words are so powerful, and I'm actually going to play it. And it's a beautiful song called The Heart of Worship. And it's by Matt Redman, and some of you might, might know it. But it's not, he talks about coming back to the heart of worship, coming back to the reason, coming back to Jesus. But he's not just talking about worship like singing, which is, is, is still, it's, it's there, but he's not just talking about that. He's talking about how we worship with our whole life. He's talking about um, having a deep relationship with God and surrendering everything else, choosing to worship God alone. So I'm going to play that, and I encourage you to really listen to these words and take a moment with God. The words aren't on the screen, so you can close your eyes or you can watch the, watch the video clip if you want, but I encourage you, listen to what the words are saying and allow God to minister to your hearts because to be known by God that's the greatest thing. I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. When the music fades, we'll all 
song because when it comes down to it it's all about Jesus there are lots of things you know like lights and music and amazing gifted speakers and you can listen to them all on YouTube but when it comes down to it it's all about Jesus I stand here because Jesus died for me I worship I gave my life to Jesus because of him And if you don't know Jesus today, can I just tell you that people have made it so hard when it doesn't need to be, that a relationship with Jesus is powerful, that a relationship with Jesus is full of joy and is full of hope. And he's already there, right there, waiting for you. And he's not too worried about the bells and whistles and whether we have a thousand people in our church or whether we have a 20-person band. We have an amazing band, by the way. But that's not what Jesus is about. He's about, actually, this is between me and you. I want a relationship with you. So I'm going to pray and we're going to worship.